Here we go. Episode 51. Wow. Wow. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Naomi. I'm Liz. And we're the Rengali Girls. And... We made it to 51 yeah. episodes, which is incredible. I was going to say, like, you've been listening this long, like, wow. thank you. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> um, it hasn't even been a year since we started the podcast, and we're going to hit 52 episodes. Like, And we took some weeks off. We did. Mm. Yeah, we had we're some gonna hit 52 episodes. rest breaks, which actually yeah. are a good thing to talk about, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to hit our goal, and hopefully we can carry, carry this through. I know next year will be a whole different ball wax once your baby arrives. I know, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like babies are quiet. <laughs> you'll, right? be, you'll be feeding at five in the morning. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, Brian needs a turn feeding sometimes. <laughs> there and, you go. And because that's actually, so that's actually like funny. Like I feel like the, okay, here's the benefit of having a baby at 41 versus having a baby at 29 or 20. Yeah. Right. I've seen everything that my friends have done, and they've been like, oh, don't do that. Or, like, I've been uh, just silently judging. I'm like, I'm going to do something a little different. Like, I definitely want to breastfeed and really hope that I can breastfeed. But I know that even though it's going to be a pain in the ass, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to get... I'm not even going to say I'm pretty sure I'm going to get it. I'm definitely going to get an in-bra pump Mm -hmm. so that I can pump... At work. While I'm not tied to a machine. Yeah. Even if it takes longer, like, I've just, I watch all these physician women who have given birth, and they're like, oh, it's great. I literally yeah. just pump. And teachers. Right. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, okay. They don't so, have a private place. Right. I'm like, okay, so if I can have an in-bra pump and just make that, sure, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Yeah. But it's not going to strap me to a chair or to, a, yeah. like, I mean, I'll probably be sitting down at work. Anyway, I would like to, right from day one, have one bottle feed a day with Brian because I feel like you bond, and this is also my experience as a nanny, you bond with a baby when you feed them, even if it's not from your breast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there is a For bonding sure. when you are giving a baby a bottle. So, yeah. And I want Brian to experience that because I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like that that would be good. Yeah. Well, and again, like, you've also seen from experience, and I learned this when it was my second baby at 37, 36, yeah. whatever age I was, versus my first at 20-something, was that, yeah, if it doesn't work out, then it's okay versus, right. like, having that insistence on it. But because it really is the first, like, two or three weeks of breastfeeding, it's way harder than once you're at the point of pumping and you're at work, then you've made it. Like, if, you, if yeah. you're at the point where you're back to work and you're pumping, like, you're like, yeah, this works. I know I can do it. But yeah. it's those first few weeks of settling in. But, but yeah, and if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Yeah. Like, that's the good thing is that you have experience of life experience of knowing that, like, things don't always go the way you plan. And so you've yeah, got to for sure. and just deal with it. I just really hope, I mean, my boobs have like doubled in size, so I assume <laughs> they're going to make good milk. Like, I mean, I've right? never, like, <laughs> like, right, I like, I'm like, where did this chest come from? It's great. <laughs> I mean, of course it came along with a belly too, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, I'm I, like, I'm really hopeful. So like with that said, like, I'm hoping it's not me that's, you know, of course it probably will be me getting up, but I'm hoping that I'm also like, I need to be able to sleep at least six hours. 
Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. No, I mean, like, so. it's just like the wild card. Um, which, so yeah, it's like, but great I know a lot of babies have. won't take a bottle because they don't start the one bottle feed yeah. early. And that can be really tough when they transition into daycare. Yeah. Believe it or not, we've had to spoon feed babies milk. Oh my gosh. Because they wouldn't take a bottle or a cup or anything. And so, like, our teachers would do it. Our teachers would sit there and spoon feed breast milk to these children. Like, yeah. it was insane. That's crazy. So, and I love that you're, you know, you're you're putting into work all of the things that like you're manifesting. Oh and, like, my gosh! You're signing up for all the races. I I signed up for all the five Ks, like <laughs> through pregnancy and like post pregnancy. Oh, yeah, and, and like I love that you know you're manifesting it now. Like that it's gonna can it's gonna happen. You're gonna like your life will continue. But then you have to also be like ready to like oh, yeah. shift on a dime and just be like, all right, it's okay. I'm doing this. I instead. feel like this is the same attitude that I had when I signed up for the fall of fun. Yeah, and the fall of fun. And for, for those of you who don't know, it was 2019. Naomi was pregnant. So I signed up for literally, I raced every, every other weekend. It was insane. So I raced Army 10 Miler. And I actually crushed there and had so much and fun. PR'd. And PR'd. But also it was like managed and easy and mm-hmm. great. I did Marine Corps 50K. I did... Um, I did wine and dine weekend, mm-hmm. had a PR there. Yep. Also controlled, but like six or six days, six after, days after the 50K. the 50K, I ran a 10K for the wine and dine challenge. Then six days after that, you ran uh, Richmond. Six with days after a PR in a half marathon, I ran Richmond. Yeah. And paced Lauren to a 423. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about last week on the podcast, like the difference between a pacing Yes. Or easy marathon. And a race. And a race is going to be about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Two and, minutes per mile. Yeah. And then then went three weeks later and qualified for Boston at CIM. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it was it was pretty great. I'm pretty sure I ran a 5K in there, too. Like I think you, well, I think you probably did New Year's Day, like, after that. Did you do I know I did New Year's. I thought, I think I ran Frosty. Okay, we'll have to go back and look. I think. I can't remember because I remember, like, my legs, like, dying. Like, two weeks after yeah. CAM or something. Yeah. Or one week after. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's kind of, like, the way to approach stuff, right, is, like, to be hopefully, like, to be, like, optimistic that you right. can do the things you want to do and also, like, and that's when we sign up for any race, even not pregnant, you sign up for these races being, like, Hopefully by that time I'll be able to do what I want to do or, or at least run them. And <laughs> you just don't know what life will throw at you. Here's the thing. Like, everything we've signed up for in the fall, like, I know that if I'm able to start training by August, I'll be able to complete a marathon. Like, right? right? But if I'm not able to start training by August, like, I'm going to have to say, nope, these aren't happening because... I'm going to stand by the fact that I think the marathon distance needs to be respected. Oh, yes. And big time. Slow runners out there, it's amazing that you're out there running and you're out there running six hour marathons because you've trained and that's what you can do. Those of you that are out there showing up at a marathon untrained doing six hours, like that. That's dangerous. I mm-hmm. think that's dangerous. And I think that that doesn't show the respect for this distance that, you know, it's hard on your body and it's not fun. And I got to tell you, it is a lot more fun being trained for races. Right. And so if you're still one of those people that's like, oh, training's not really my thing. It's just show up and do it. Like, 
up to a half, go for it. Have fun. But the marathon needs to be respected. It really, really does. And part of it is that you become one of the people that's a risk for the rest of the race when, like, chances are you won't need EMS attention. But if you do, you're taking, like, I don't know. I think, I just think globally so often. Yeah. And I know that, that people might be like, well, that's, like, People should be able to do whatever they That's want. That's elitist or something. But people should, and people should be able to do whatever they want. But it's really like protective. Like I feel yeah. like all the people in the groups that complain about how the race went, oftentimes they'll say, "Well, I didn't train enough, but I still think it should have been like this." And it's like, well, like sure, maybe it's valid, but also like. I don't know. I feel like training prepares you for the things that might go wrong on race day, yeah. too, even when they're the race's fault that they go wrong. Yeah. We talked about it a bit, like, with our Marine Corps episode recap because yeah. it was a race that was black flagged and the gauntlets were moved to a shorter timeline. And, and it, yeah, I think it just comes back to that. Like, if you're if – it's a, if it's a possibility that even on just a regular good day for you, you're going to miss the time cutoffs – then it's possible that you should look at other I, races, other distances. I don't even think it has to do with your with your time. I think somebody who's capable of showing up and running a four thirty untrained shouldn't do a marathon. Oh yeah, it's dangerous because I, I think agree. it's dangerous. I like agree. I think, like not only is it physically dangerous, like physical later, like skeletally, like you could end up with an injury, things like that. Right. It's also cardiovascularly dangerous. Yeah, it puts you at a higher. So, okay, so we talk about like how great running is for your heart, right? And it is cardio, like running is fantastic for your cardiovascular system, right? Runners in general like during the rest of your day have a lower risk of having heart heart attacks like it's awesome however while you are out running you have a higher risk of a heart attack than even someone with heart disease yeah so running can be dangerous yeah. if your body's not used to it well, and, and that's what training's for and there is there's a tipping point there's been studies that show that people who who train a lot have more like more risk than like so people who have like a heavier training load people who are running right. a lot of hours a lot of those you have a higher risk if you're in that category than if you're doing like kind of the low maintenance work of like right. 20 minute runs is actually much safer for you than if you're doing these like four hour and yeah. five hour if you're like these trail and well, ultra the longer, runners. Well, the longer you're out there, the higher your risk goes. Like, right. And so it's you know, so and that then means intensity. on training runs too. Like yep, the people exactly. who, do, who do ultras who are constantly doing I'm, 20 and 25 I'm, mile runs for their training runs have a higher risk. I'll have to dig up the actual track. study, yeah. but it's something like, like while you are running, those minutes that mm-hmm. you're running, you have like an 80 times chance of the general population of having a heart attack but when you're sitting on the couch after that run before and after as a runner your risk is is very low whereas like the general population would have like a have like a 35 chance these are made up numbers right when you're on the couch you have a 20 chance so your overall risk is lower but while you're that's why so many like fit old 
fit old men runners have heart attacks while running. Yeah. Those men, and like the guy who wrote the book on running died on a run. Right, Jim Fix. Right, so those men would have died younger of a heart attack had they not been runners. Exactly. Because heart disease, like you can't really outrun it. Yeah, like Jim Fix would have died at 50 instead of 65 or whatever. Right, (laughs) right. It's it's commonly like, oh, he died while he was running, but yeah, he had a predisposition. That's where with the marathon, like I think that I think that people just need to really respect the distance of the marathon. Um, So I'm, I mean, I am absolutely ready to defer Richmond. We haven't signed up for Marine Corps yet. Um, I'm ready, like, I'm ready to defer anything if marathon isn't happening because there's lots of spring halves and 5Ks and 10Ks to do. Um, But I did, I signed up for, (laughs) like, Two 5Ks in December, one in January, two in uh, 5K and a 10K in February. I don't know about the 10K. I'm a little nervous. I think you'll be able to do it. Um, but it, it runs around my house, so I can always bail off. Uh, and then I was thinking about, and then I'm going to do Barb's 5K in Atlanta. In March, yeah. Uh, in March. And I was thinking about doing one at 37 weeks pregnant. Yeah. The rest of runners one. But like so. you mentioned, you could... You I can walk s- it. You waddle them. You can walk mm-hmm. them. They have, again, like, it's not like you're picking something that, has, that you're not going to make a, like, time cut off. Right. If, if you were, then you would, you know, you would be like, well, I'm, if I can't walk it, then, yeah, yeah. So you just walk it. Um, no, I love it. I think that's, like, a good way to be, like, cautiously optimistic through life of just, like, sign yeah. up for the stuff that you want to do. Set yourself up for the stuff you want to do. Like, and just show up and know, have fun. Yeah. And then you'll, you know, baby gets here and, and priorities might change. But, like... That's okay. Like, you yeah. know that those are, like, things that, you, and I that say, are, you're passionate about. I say now I'm not even going to think about running or starting exercise until I'm at least six weeks postpartum. But I might be someone who's, like, you know, bleeding's done. I feel better. And I'm like, all right, I'm going for a run. Yeah. That's, so that's, I mean, that's what I did. You, you know, know like, it, it all it all depends, you know, on how I'm feeling. Yeah. Especially I can't imagine what I'm going to do with my day if I'm not at work. <laughs> <laughs> I really can't. I'm like, I don't know how to handle this baby vacation. <laughs> no, it is not a that vacation. Was, my board president said that. She's uh, like, so how many, she's like, how much time are you going to take off? I was like, well, I don't know. But like, I feel like kids aren't that much work. We have them at the center and like we get stuff done. And she's like, yeah, it's not a baby vacation. No, <laughs> you don't have newborns at the center. <laughs> we do. We do have like six week olds. Though. Right. But six so. weeks, six week olds are way easier than. A one two yeah. day old. Yeah. So yes, by six so. weeks you're in a you're in such a routine that like yeah definitely like six weeks eight weeks yeah ten weeks you do have a lot of time in your day where you can <sighs> either work or you're bored like yeah it's I'm not kidding like after a month like yeah you do get bored but the first month you're not going to be bored yeah because you're gonna be tired <laughs> <laughs> so so it'll be interesting um, yeah. I did I am finding though that like I do have like last on days that I run I have like kind of lasting pubic symphysis pain so no but I'm sorry yeah to hear that. I mean it's better this morning like Good. but it's but just you ran like, yesterday and, and had the pain in, in your yeah I did and so I had I was waiting until after the amnio and I took my amnio results and everything is oh, just yay. fine I just got the final results this morning even it's though they're so supposed good. to take 10 days anyway I got the final results and they're good good so yeah um there's like one like little thing of insignificance that's like because of the test we did has so much like specificity like 
they can see all these like ridiculous things. There's like one little weird thing that they're like, we don't know if this means anything. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, whatever. There's, and that's the thing with all that testing. Like there's yeah. so much testing now that. Yeah. Um, this is like 23 and like a 23 and me of the baby. That's And cool. so they're like, we don't know, but except not with all the cool reports. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, now that's, it's like a dangerous thing with like so much testing. I know we talked about that too in a previous yeah. episode, but like I was talking to my next door neighbor, Barbara, after like after that scare and she was telling me about her second pregnancy and how she was 42 weeks, 41 weeks, whatever. And she went to the hospital in labor and he was dead. He came out stillborn and they had no idea because back then people didn't, it was the late sixties and people didn't have like all the testing we had. And that's one of the reasons actually for the arrived study and 39 weeks. So like I mean, this is not a pregnancy podcast, but (laughs) one of the reasons physicians, especially in, especially in women over 35, but even, even still like pregnancies really shouldn't, I know some people go to 42 weeks, but every day longer than 40 weeks, put your risk, put your baby at risk of stillbirth and you know, so they thought, okay, well, maybe inductions earlier would be better, but then inductions any earlier really than 38 weeks, and really it's best to wait to 39, um, like they put your baby at risk of breathing issues. Yeah, their lungs so are they're Right. And so there's like, there's this great study that just came out. It's called the ARRIVE study about um, an elective induction at 39 weeks, and um, basically, like, it's just trying to kind of push women to, not push, show women the data that a 39-week induction does not increase your risk of needing a C-section. It does not, it's actually good for the baby. Like, there, it decreases risk of, you know, issues of going into spontaneous labor. It also can help you plan, you know, which is really nice yeah. because so much about having a baby is not planned. Yeah. I mean, unless you go through IVF. <laughs> like I did and like everything was planned. And but so much is unknown. Yeah. And like it's one thing. That, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it was, I mean, for her, it was a, it was the cord, oh, cord yeah. was wrapped around his neck. So like, yeah. I don't know how, like, but that might be something that's a, something that happens later too. I don't know, but it's just. Well, it's because they get so big, they can't wiggle out exactly. of it. Exactly. They can't yeah. move. And, and like, yeah. And like, it could have happened, like, you know, it could, like back then, they don't know, it could have happened they, in utero like yeah. a week or two before. Exactly. That's, um, you know. Yeah. And so that's the thing that's like, so much testing is, is great, but also like, it's, yeah. it's like, we know so much that it can freak us out for un for, for reasons we don't need right to be, exactly but i'm exactly. so glad that your screenings are clear yeah and yeah so perfect. but i also still get to be uh like monitored high risk which is nice because yeah. originally i was not oh. but as a high risk pregnancy oh okay even though even with my age even with it being an ivf pregnancy like kaiser kaiser's kind of on like the cutting edge of stuff they're like well if something happens to deem you high risk, we right. will. And they do all this like extra monitoring. Like yeah. I'm gonna have my glucose test earlier. Yeah. Because older women have a higher risk of uh, gestational diabetes. Gestational diabetes. So they're gonna do that glucose test earlier nice. for me. Then yeah. I mean, it's fine. And everybody's like like everybody's all up in arms about this stupid orange drink. I'm like, sounds good. It's gross. <laughs> it's so gross. It doesn't taste like candy water. Nope. 
it's disgusting. Oh, well, but whatever I'm not you worried do, about it. Don't go when you're sick, like I did. Yeah, <laughs> so, they say don't go sick because I got that false positive and had to go do the three hour, oh, and yeah. it was horrible. The three hour was the worst. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Even if I have to do the three hour, like even if I have to monitor my blood sugar, I don't care. No, <laughs> the three hours is horrible because you're at like a nasty lab core for three hours. You don't get to eat, obviously, so you're yeah. like starving. And like I literally almost fainted when I left there. Yeah, I had to like find some. I brought snacks with me, but I like yeah. almost fainted from. Um, my blood sugar being that low. Yeah. It was because really, it, really Right, bad. because it drops, too. Yeah, over the yeah. three hours it drops well, and and because I didn't have It's, diabetes. again, the one hour is a screener. The yeah. three hour is the test. Diagnostic, right. And I get why they don't just give everybody the three hour. Like, I understand because that would take so much manpower and time. So the... Um, Plus, it's awful. But the <laughs> the numbers for the one hour, the fail, are a lot... Are higher. They're... Yeah. Lower or yeah, yeah. So they're like the screener catches a lot of people right. who are going to pass the three hours. Exactly, it's false um, positives. Yeah. So you know, like if the cutoff is one fifty one for the one hour, like the one hour cutoff for the three hours is like one sixty eight. Right. So, <laughs> so yeah, or whatever it is. These right. are made up numbers. <laughs> Always making up numbers. That's yeah. just me. So, yeah. Um, so, I got a message from my cousin. She has a friend who is running, who's just diagnosed with celiac disease, and she's going to run the, for the Celiac Disease Foundation. She's going to run her first marathon, uh, oh. the LA Marathon. But it made me think. I was like, ooh, I want to run the LA Marathon. <laughs> I, so we're going to have to, like, add it to the list at some point. I know. I, it's one I've wanted to do, but I've also heard that it's not a great course. So we'll have I to mean, ask Sherry because she's done it. It's okay. Like, I don't care if it's great or not. It's like, just one to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you, we just got to do, like, the big cities. I know. Like, and nobody talks about the LA Marathon, but the Olympics were in LA right. at one point. Like, yeah. the first women's marathon was in LA, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's so yeah. I mean, it's fun. So she's doing it for twenty twenty four. Yeah. Nice. So she's doing the LA marathon because it's an LA marathon in the spring. It's in the spring. Yeah. Because right. I remember so. one of the athletes I coached, Laura, did the LA marathon right as COVID was like popping and everything was yes. getting canceled. It was like early it was the March. Last one. It was like the last race that um, Jerry yeah. and all the people had done like before everything got canceled. Yeah. It was which is so crazy that last weekend. Which is insane. Speaking of early March. Atlanta. Yes. So <laughs> we'll be at Jeff's race. If you want to come join us or run virtually, you can use code RGG10 for 10% off the race yeah. registration. Come um, to Atlanta. Reach it's out to so us. Amazing. We're putting, we have training plans put together for. Yes. Uh, whatever your time goal is or whatever your goal for the race is. We also got a great message on our Instagram from somebody who ran a half marathon over the weekend, and they they messaged that we were right. Shorter intervals do work. They were 1 minute and 45 seconds off of their PR where they had done 60 30s using 30 30s. A minute different. That's insane. Yeah, one minute and 45 seconds off. It was absolutely crazy. Um, we had another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Karen, Karen says, you two are totally right. I did about shorter intervals, increasing foot speed. I did Sunday's half marathon in 30 30s. It was only one minute, 45 seconds slower than the last half I did at 60 30s with a similar perceived exertion, and I finished feeling good. That's, and so. It's, it's really, really crazy that we, yeah. we have found 
that are, you know, <laughs> found this correlation or this, you know, I was doing 2.30 and 30. And like, you were trying to go up to like ago, 4 and 30 And trying to go too. longer, right? Like, so for both um, the half, let's see, like the half I did last year, I did 2.30 and 30 and ran like 8.30 something pace, the, yeah. the 151 I ran. And when we did, like, when I did Philly, it was, like, 2.30 and 30 five years ago um, to run an 8.40 or an 8.30 pace. And now, um, yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, a minute 15 or something. When we come, when I come back to being able to do an 8.30 pace, it's going to be, like, a minute 20, minute 15, 30. At some point, you do have to have to extend your intervals. Like, so I... I was working on and did extend my intervals to 3 and 30 for my for CIM, but... I I had worked on getting that foot speed faster, and really for the pace that I was running at CIM, Jeff's pacers would be doing four and thirty, so yeah. we're still a minute off. And I probably could have held the same pace doing two and thirty. The problem was I wouldn't have been able to push through the crowds and stayed in the pace area. If that makes sense, yes. Because sometimes you have to like balance that, balance what is the speed everybody else is running. Exactly. You know, to you get caught up in their foot right. Pace. And so what I kind of did is I positioned myself toward a sort of towards the back of the 330 pace group and just right. kind of stuck there and that's actually when I listened to them was when I like got myself in trouble and like actually probably added those two minutes right because they were like it's time to make your move at mile 18 and it was not time for me to make my move no. at mile 18 if I was gonna you know kind of make a move I should have waited and made it at like 22 yeah that's why like at Philly it worked out well that I was seated up further up where I wasn't right. going to run that fast this this past you know Philly and then something like Rehoboth we started I started in the by the yeah. 215 group and it's a small race, so I yeah. was able to tick forward. Yeah. But even though the race does get crowded because it goes through these really narrow points. But so if you're running a race that's like much more, you know, a bigger city, a bigger race, you're going to, you might get caught up in the waves of people who are running whatever pace they're running. And so you have to kind of have that in mind. If it's a small race, you can set yourself back right. further, but you might get stuck if that's, if it's a bigger race, you might get stuck with those groups further back. Right. It can be harder to tick forward. Um, we had one other person who ran using, so... Um, Carrie, who's uh-huh. an ambassador, she had she's been bucked off her horse and bruised her ribs, and she wasn't oh, sure no. she had a half on Thanksgiving. She's like, and she's usually like a three hour half yeah. person, or like even over three. I think three is around her PR. So she's usually using a longer interval for that, but a you know slower time. So she decided to drop it. She did 30 30s and completed her half. Okay. Instead of I think she normally does like one in 30s, and yeah. so um, she was like I. I'm going to try a shorter interval. And then she was really excited that it, it worked. She did That's it. Awesome. She finished. And, you know, didn't – and she wasn't off. I'll have to go see what her time was. I don't think she was much off her normal 3, 3.15, whatever she normally wins for her. Yeah. House. Oh, and you know what? We also, like, speaking of, like, just saying hi to people, we have to say happy belated birthday to Jess. Uh, her birthday was last yeah. week. Or just happy birthday to Jess. So, Jess, happy birthday because yeah, we know you're going to be Jess. listening. <laughs> um, but, so, at the Thanksgiving race, speaking of, like, shorter intervals and foot speed and all of that, Thanksgiving race, I ran into Emily, who is another Galloway runner friend of ours who ran Chicago. 
um, this past year after actually dealing with a long injury. But she was able to finish Chicago. And um, she's been working with a coach who has been trying to get her to drop intervals. And she's a in the six coach. Yep, she she's in the, used to work with a Galloway coach. She used to work with a Galloway coach. And she's been, you know, working on, like, running longer and working with this coach. And she has a goal of doing a longer race, of doing a 50-miler. And, you know, the, here's the thing about, like, Galloway. And I was telling Naomi this, and I told I told Emily this. When we're talking about these, like, like use intervals to finish, that's like level one Galloway, right? So you're going to use whatever interval matches up with your time to finish, like, 30, 30, 1 and 30, 90, 30, 2 and 30. Those are really, like, kind of the, the entry, maybe even 15, 30. Those are the entry-level intervals, right? And you're going to use the same interval, most people use the same interval for all runs, and then they're going to do whatever they can on race day, right? That's entry-level Galloway. Right. If you want to get faster, if you want to get into the longer distances, you have to change up your intervals depending on the speed you want to go and your exertion, and you have to practice speed at all the intervals as well. You have to practice running fast 1530s, yeah. fast 3030s. Slow 1530s, slow 3030s. You have to practice, you know, kind of moderate threshold 3 and 30s. You have to practice a full lap on the track, 15-second walk break, another full lap on the track, or being on the track and doing, you know, run the straights, walk the curves. Like, Mm -hmm. because level 2, level 3, upper level Galloway is just taking elite track training, 5K, 10K on the track training, and applying it to marathon training. That's all it is. It's not something, as much as I love Jeff, and Jeff is amazing and incredible, (laughs) and he came up with a method that his beginner level gets people from the couch to running and gets people like me to qualify for Boston. Like, because I even don't do upper level training because I like just, you know, kind of showing up. Um, But he he didn't really invent this. He just adapted something that in, you know, kind of in sports training theory that was already there. He adapted it from the elites and he brought it down to the recreational runners. Right. And I feel and he like some structure to it. I oh, feel of like. course, a hundred percent. But even I think recreational runners before were just okay. Step one, start running. Step two, there is no step two. Right. Like very few right. recreational runners were doing, especially like during the beginning of the running boom, they were just going outside for a run. They weren't doing workouts. They weren't wearing watches, telling their speeds, telling their splits. Right. They were maybe doing fartleks, maybe, and changing pace, but it was just go outside and run. Yeah. And then show up at the race and run the, run the road race, right? So all he did was adapt this elite-style training for the recreational runner. And then, you know, now it feels like everybody has a coach <laughs> everywhere. And yeah. everybody is a coach. Everybody is a coach. <laughs> everybody is a coach. Everybody has a coach. Everybody's doing workouts. But, I mean, the, the bulk of running and getting faster is literally just go outside and do it. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> so I actually really like 
we should talk about the, you know, we talked about this. So, like, you're you're looking to do a longer distance. One thing, and kind of goes back to the, the gauntlets, one thing is that you are going to have to probably get faster before you can go approach yeah. one of these 50-mile races. Yeah. Or 100-mile races. They have cutoffs, and people who have trained have missed the cutoffs. And so, you know, it's it's something, again, to respect the distance. Yeah. Um, and then I loved your proposal, hot take. Um, there should be races out there that have oh, yeah. a reverse cutoff. Not a reverse cutoff, but a, um, a no faster than. A no faster than. I, I want there to be a race out there, like a marathon out there, that's like no faster finishes than four hours. And there's a pace group at the front. There's a wall. And like that pace group, that's the front of the race. And it can't go faster than a 909. Because if you have a race like that, then you can open up the end. Like you don't have to close those later streets earlier for those two something hour marathoners. So you can essentially like it, it opens the load of the race to to be able to have an eight hour cutoff for a marathon. So yeah, I th- I think that there should be a no faster than races. I think we should reach out to Slow AF for the run club. Yeah, they were at Philly and I didn't have my phone to take pictures with them, so I like didn't take pictures because I was yeah. like, yeah, I was like on my phone though. I think we definitely like yeah. I think that we definitely need to have um, we need to have races that are designed like. Where, where you're not going to be praising, we're not going to be praising, you know, two-hour marathoners and Boston qualifiers and all of that. We're going to be praising every finisher. We're going to be praising the everyman runner because I feel like, like, I don't know, I feel like there's a little bit of, like, we celebrate the top a little too much in our sport. Right. Um, and the bottom deserves to, I mean, it's not even tops and bottoms, but all speeds deserve to be celebrated. Um, I mean, we all should be respecting the distance though. And so I think those two things go hand in hand. We should, because let me tell you, I mean, hot take, a six and a half, seven hour marathon is harder yep. than a 330 marathon. It's way harder. It's way like hot take. Yeah. It's yeah. It's way I mean, more time on your feet. It's way harder. Yeah. And yeah, so um And it takes longer to train for. Yeah. Like it takes it does. It all the takes, training hours that go into And that. it's not it's not that it probably takes equivalent hours to train for, but it's just it takes longer a longer session because we still believe in the very long sessions. Right. Um whereas like with a fast marathon, like you're gonna have to do double so it's like the same number of hours out to get that but you're gonna have higher volume with a faster run with the with that many hours but still it doesn't I mean it's it's a lot yeah and we're yeah, yeah. we're still I know there's like a lot of people out there that will have you know that'll say oh we'll just cap out your longest run at three hours yeah or three and a half hours but not if you're going for a six I not, don't think that makes sense yeah yeah, if not if, if you're, you're only to getting to, to 13 miles no. in three hours. Like, no. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I still believe in the slowdown. So, like, yes. like right? Like, you know, if I were to be training somebody who was in the six-hour marathon range and that was going to be, like, a stretch goal to get them to a six-hour, what I might do is I might actually have them with the walk-run intervals – I may have them alternate walk half miles and then interval half miles in order to keep the physical stress low 
on their body because I would still want to give them some speed work because yeah. I feel the benefits of doing that three-week cycle, that advanced three-week cycle over just being out there slogging every right. weekend. Um, I feel like muscular skeletally, it makes you stronger. It makes you better. It makes you faster. Like, so I would probably give them something like that for their long runs. And then I would do something like half mile repeats um, on the speed weekends. Right. Um, or, or even build in, you know, like, okay, do this long run uh, or like moderate long run, like not super slow over distance long run, but do this. And then let's do a quick three miles, right? Like that's that sort of thing. Because I feel like when you build in like speed is strength work too. Right. So Yeah, that's the thing. Speed for every pace is so important. Like, yeah. you know, with what you were saying about doing shorter with your shorter intervals you have to be able to do those faster too it's not yeah. just every time you go out to the 30 30 is not going to necessarily slog it's right. going to depend on what you have on the day and i mean we talked about strides we, we yes. have a whole episode of how to get become a faster runner in just three minutes exactly <laughs> strides. and that's yeah, like where so. you know that's where like jeff's overall holistic you know plans with like a magic mile not that we ever do them but something like a magic yeah. mile to see well okay what's my top speed at a given distance and then you can that can be extrapolated to all of your distances so whether right. you're doing repeats whether they're half mile or mile repeats or whether they're or two mile repeats or whether you know it's your it's your long runs they all yeah. um it's it's not like if you're a slower runner then you're always a slower runner so yeah I, I mean that's and that's exactly it like you have the ability to like no matter what pace you are right now you have the ability to improve yeah um, with some specific training, and you have the ability to to improve your fitness to cover longer distances. You have the ability to improve your fitness to cover distances faster. I mean, it might be marginal improvements, but like you have the ability to enjoy distances more. <laughs> right, and um, and so. improvements like on a typical cycle or you know a typical season or even a whole year of. Of training, three, you should see 3%. 3%, 3 You might 5%. have a 5% year. Yeah. That's like your year, but 3%. So that's going to sound yeah. small, but that's what you should expect yeah. in a good year. And so um, three, yeah, 3% to 5% improvement with, with the training. And if you don't yeah. do the training, you're probably not going to see 3 to 5% unless I mean, you're a brand you may new runner. S- yeah, you may see a 1% to 2% improvement yeah. just with showing up every day, which True. is kind of nice. Like. You know, and and remember, you can't compare year to year. We talked about this in the Marathon is Hot episode. You can't compare year to year on the same course without taking weather into account because weather can make such a difference. Um, Like, I really, really, really hope that, you know... We are able to race Richmond next year or CIM, and we get a cold day, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And yeah, I, um, I really, really hope that we're able to like get a really like good cold, but not too, but not windy cold. Yeah. Like just, just like nice and cold. <laughs> <laughs> I know that perfect weather day. Yeah. And like and still cold. Yeah. <laughs> Windless, is that a thing? Windless cold. <laughs> windless yeah. cold. Yeah, I feel like we... Windless 40. Exactly. We've also found, though, that, like, it's a mindset. It's such yeah. a mindset because, like, what we ran in for Mountain Speech this year would have been a temperature that I would have previously 
freaked out about, yeah. and it still ended up being a great time for oh, where we were. It was so fun. For our fitness, so. It was so fun. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Well, I'm excited, too, because tomorrow you're going to be running. Oh, and we, we went to the pool this weekend. Yes. So that was good. Um, and pool running doesn't bother your pelvis. And no, pool running doesn't. So I'm going to try to get pool running in. Um, like I'm going to try to do long runs in the pool and then I'm going to try to like just do shorter, like, you know, weekday runs. I'm hoping to be able to push to 45 minutes Yeah. if I can, if I can't, no big deal. Yeah. Um, I can, I have the ability to like, I got a pelvic floor trainer. I don't know if that's going to work. It's like a thing you put in your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like runner's world UK, like was like, oh, these are good for rudders. And like my one of my pregnancy apps was like, buy a pelvic floor trainer. I was yeah. like, what is that? Oh <laughs> so. yeah. I mean I've I knew about them, but I was just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, Try. if this can prevent I mean, if this can prevent like thing like issues, I'm all for it. Yeah, so and you may or may not have the yeah. same who knows what yeah. you have. But every and, and I have um I have the referral for PT, so I can just, I just don't know that Kaiser has a good uh, pelvic floor PT. Yeah, I think they're all out of network, because I've talked to some PTs, and they're like, yeah, I would never do that. They never, they don't, that's not something they specialize in. Right, right, that's good. But um, they, you know, it's, I've heard it's, you know, baby two or baby three that ruins you down there, so maybe you'll be okay for this one. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, let's hope. I mean, I just want to stay, like, I just, with, like, the pelvic instability that I already have, yeah. like, I need to, like, stay strong or be strong yes. or get strong. I don't know. The stronger I can get now, the better it's going to serve me when we start, when I start training. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and strength is so important right now. So, yeah, we're going to start some strength. I'm, I started, I did a little bit of strength last night, which Woo-hoo. was tough because I haven't done some in so long. It's been, like, a month or more. My next strength, strength activity <laughs> is going to be to carry all of the weights downstairs. So that's going to be my next strength <laughs> activity. Uh, you better believe I'm going to record it on my watch. There you go. <laughs> because I have a lot of hand weights. <laughs> okay, well, Penny says we're done recording. So um, definitely send it. I think our next episode will be a gift guide. Yeah, so. we'll throw some favorite running gifts out to y'all. And we'll put make sure we put up the links to yeah. the next episode. And send us comments, questions, anything you you've got and uh you know we're working on training plans to get out for you guys and keep running have fun respect your distance and yeah and it's okay and take lots of rest days because rest days are awesome yeah even when they're unplanned (laughs) happy running bye